Yo, 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 it's your boy CM. That's so dope. Coming to you from a special, well, it's not coming from anywhere. I'm in the lab and I have a special conversation. It's always good to mess up and then keep going forward. But this, this is a special episode. I got my guy here, lifelong friend. And if you know me, you probably know him. And if you know him, you probably know me and other people. My man, my partner, Frank Fields. What's happening, Frank? What's happening, baby? What's up, my brother, man? man What's going see, on? <laughs> I would say it's been a long time, but I'm, I'm going to say this because I'm very transparent. Um, we actually sure. had an episode before. This was probably about almost three weeks ago. And it was <laughs> it was a... It was probably one of the best episodes that I've had, conversations that I've had a long time. And the reason why that was, was because, number one, we've been friends for dang near 20 years. And so we had a lot of catching up to do, you know, pregame. And then when we got on the mic, it was just a natural thing. And I, even even this time we were talking about I, we can't catch lightning in a bottle. But, hell, I mean, it's us, so we can – we're pretty good at this, so. <laughs> but um, but no, yeah. man, we could we could definitely do it this way. But I, I'm glad we're able to get this um get this interview going because there's a lot of stuff that we definitely want to get into with you. And it's been some years, and a lot of people may not have um realized some things about you. And and I'm gonna start off by saying this: I said lifelong friend. This goes back way back Chapel Hill days, and way back freaking. BTV days, you know, basketball days, football days. You know, I, I'm gonna say this, and I, I have to. I didn't. I don't think I hinted on this last time. I was pissed off at you back in eighth grade. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> and it wasn't what you, is wasn't what you're thinking. All right, so I gotta hear it. And it wasn't. And it wasn't you. It was not you. So eighth grade, right. basket, eighth grade, eighth grade basketball season. You made the 18, and I was pissed off because I was like, you know. This should be me. I should be on the 18. And I remember right. Coach Tempton and Coach Thompson coming in the office and they were telling me, well, we're going to go with Frank on the 18. I'm like, okay. Really? Why? Wow. I'm like, okay, why? Well, Frank's faster. Son of a B. <laughs> I'm like, oh, so you gonna, oh, so you gonna pick Franco? So, it, 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 and I was, and I'm the type of person where I'm not taking anything out on you. But I was still right, pissed of course. off. I was still pissed off. I'm like, you gonna pick Frank over me? Frank? <laughs> like Frank? I was I was hot. And, and, and I mean that's the funny thing about it. Like, I don't never I never told anybody that. But I was Wow. I was, I was pissed off. I told my brother, I told my mom then, but they were like, Well, I mean, he's fast up like, but that's not the point. <laughs> I said the point is everything works. It's not the point. It's, I was pissed off. Man. I mean, you know, it's <laughs> it's crazy. It is really crazy. I'm so glad you told me that. That's like uh, it's so awesome uh, when we grow older and we're like we can look back at that because it's so petty when you look at it now, you know. But it was. I, I never held it against you at all. I was like, man, I'm not gonna. No, I, I know you didn't. Uh, I mean, we were thick as thieves, man. Exactly. We were friends, you know. Exactly. I'm like, I'm looking at you like every time he's in the 18, I'm like, let's see what Frank gonna do today. Then in the back of my mind, I was, doing that. I was like, if he don't score, I'm looking close like that. Could have been me. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, that's that's so interesting because um, you have to understand when I was uh, in, in eighth grade playing basketball, um, 
Yeah, I remember that. And, uh, you know, that's uh, when Pepe was on my team. You know, he, we, we called each other one-two punch. He, he actually passed away in 2013. Uh, not a lot of people know that. I remember, yeah, I remember but, uh, yeah, yeah. So, but, um, yeah, you know, so, but, uh, so I think I had a little more confidence because at this time in my life, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm hiding a lot of shyness and insecurity. I mean, and, and, and having to like scrimmage against like, uh, Terrell and Kenton and, all those guys, I mean, those guys terrified me, you know, now that now I can admit that as a man, like, you know, it's like, and then Chris, Chris was already dunking, you know what I mean? Like, he was just like, like, what, what is going on here? You know, it's like Space Jam. And so, uh, it, it, you know, it, it was very intimidating. And, and I didn't, you know, so it's, it's funny I say that because you felt that kind of way and obviously not geared towards me, but you had no idea that I'm feeling this way, even though I'm in this position, right. you know? So it's a, it's an interesting thing to look at. Cause I, I was, I was more of like, okay, I'm used to playing against older people. You know, I play with my brother all the time and I play with, you know, guys he played with. So I'm used to playing against older guys right. and I get around guys my age and, you know, I'm like, okay, this is, I'm, I'm good with them. You know, I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to get dominated by anybody here. You know what I'm saying? If you just better than me, you just better than me. You know, at the time, I was, right. I'm, I'm not saying I was cocky, but I could hoop. I wasn't fast. No. But, you know, I could shoot. You know, I could – I could. I just was not fast, period, the end. I could dribble. I could pass. I could shoot. I was skilled in the half court. But, man, no. <laughs> it wasn't It wasn't going to be it. It made a good point, and, and Coach, Coach, um, Coach Thompson had made a good point, you know, at the time. But in eighth grade, you were, you're, you're looking at it now. And you're looking at yourself in that grade, like you know, you could have, but you know, you didn't. So I'm not. I'm like, oh yeah. I I knew I wouldn't go yeah. play freshman year. I was like, this, this is it for me. <laughs> like I'm not playing in coach right. system. Them two hundreds are gonna kick my behind. I wasn't gonna do that. <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's when it all changed for me. And that's when I became all those guys I just listed. I became their target practice, you know, <laughs> on a daily. And you were there too, you know. You were yeah. still you were still part of the team and everything. And uh, everybody, everybody loved you, man. Regardless, everybody loved you, bro. And that's, so. what, I, and that's what I loved about it, and that those those years were like were perfect, you know. And and I don't want to say it was perfect, but you know, at the time when we were around each other and we were doing that, we had fun, you know, during the basketball season and in school. You know, I I say this right. because we had as not a lot of people that got that understood like the comedy side of things. And and we understood like the <laughs> funny side of everything. I always preface yeah. it, I always I, you you were the first person who introduced me to Dave Chappelle. I I I, <laughs> I tell you that because Oh wow. Mr. Philophagus. And I can remember, <laughs> I can remember it like it was yesterday. You were the first person to introduce me to Dave Chappelle. <laughs> it, was, it was the Mr. Snuffleupagus skit and it was on one of his stand-ups. He's like, "Hey, bird! Oh, dear God! I remember oh, man. yesterday, and that was the, one of my favorite things. And I, I <laughs> and it came on. It was on. Uh, I think it was on one of the Facebook, um, you know, past you know, Dave Chappelle standups. I listened to it and I watched it, and I'm like, this is man. I remember this like it was yesterday. And you were just saying in class, man. Like, what in the world is he talking about? And then boom, uh, 
and Dave, that changed my life Dave you know grew <laughs> Dave Chappelle was it but that was you introduced me to Dave Chappelle now I, I didn't know I was I didn't know I was paying attention to Dave Chappelle but of course he was in like the little right. um, he was another professor mm -hmm. and some other shows and stuff like that but not the actual stuff. You already Dave seen Chappelle. him. Yeah, I've, I've seen him. Yeah. I just didn't know that was, oh, that was a comedy legend. You know, I didn't, who knew who yeah. at that time, you know? Like the godfather of comedy now, ain't he? I swear. So, so I mean, that was. I mean, but he's, but well-deserved. Uh -huh. But, you know, what's so funny uh, about that is that um, I remember, because when I was, when we were at, at that time, we were kids, I would, we were still using VHS, and I would take, VHS tapes and record um, because I wasn't supposed to be watching the Cinemax and, and the HBO, which is what Chappelle, that, uh, the, the thing, the comedy special was called Killing Them Softly. Yep. And, um, you know, and so, and, and uh, I had gotten, after that tape, a, a side note is I got into where I memorized almost that whole tape, like it was like a rap song or something, you know, so <laughs> crazy. And that's and that's why when I came to you, I was able to I think mimic those voices. And me and you have always kind of had a knack for <laughs> doing impressions and being goofy and everything. So, uh, but it, it, the funny before I got off to the side, my my whole point is 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 um <laughs> I'm 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 uh, up in the living room late at night, sneaking recording that special on a VHS <laughs> and the VCR in the living room, and my uncle comes in, you know, and he's. He's like, boy, what are you doing? You know, like, like he done caught me looking at something I'm not supposed to look at, right? <laughs> We've all been there. And so, uh, like, uh, he, uh, he he sits down uh, and he's he's like, what is this? And I'm like, this is Dave Chappelle. This is the funniest. You get it because, you know, he's cussing. He's doing all this stuff. You know, he's dropping N-bombs everywhere. And it's just like, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm from a religious family, so, you know, all this stuff. And so, and my uncle sit down there, and before you know it, he's sitting there watching it with me for an hour, and we're cracking up together. <laughs> and, and and then my aunt comes out about, like, almost at the end, and, has to, and, and does the same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man! So that's uh, I guess that that uh, that that special changed my life because it has this big emotional attachment in the form of an asterisk next to it. You know, I always yeah. I never forget it. Man, I, and just to think about it, Dave Chappelle would not be appropriate in his generation at all whatsoever. He would. Well, he, yeah, yeah, I, and I think you know some people. You know, I get it. I get it that, and and I think sometimes it would be, but you know, because there's levels, man. I think there's, you know, Kendrick said it. There's levels to everything, and there's, and that's not only the workplace, Kendrick Lamar. Um, that's uh, uh, all the things we get offended and people offend us with, and and all the things, you know, that we don't really need to. I don't like to get into the negative energy of it, but you know, it's like. All the all the stupid things about life is that's what I'll say because uh, they don't make sense. They don't push us forward or empower us. But it's like, you know, all those things. There there are levels where somebody I think uh, rightfully deserves to to complain about it uh, publicly or, or make a thing about it or even take it to a legal level. Um, but then there's sometimes where people use that and they 
they are not really, they're crying wolf and they're really not in need of help. And, and, and it looks like they are maybe even, you know, um, and it's like, it's like me. Okay. I'm a, I'm a disabled veteran in a wheelchair. Um, I don't go around trying to make people feel sorry for me or, or, or like say, Oh, like, Hey, I have a GoFundMe because I have no legs. I'm in a wheelchair. So, Hey, everybody needs to pay my bills. You know, cause this happened to me, uh, 20 years ago and my dad died and, and my mom did, you know, and then, you know, like it's, it, it, I feel like we have a lot of that with that. Um, and so I, I hate that because it takes away from the real people that deserve justice in whatever sense. It's a me, it's a me, uh, it's a me generation. And it's, it's, or as, as one of my supervisors would say, it's a we from what's in it for me, uh, generation. Yeah. And it's, it's no, it's not anybody else. You know, um, there's a lot of scam people just, just in it for, the quick buck, whatever they can make of it. And and like you said, you know, it, it may not even be something that um that really hurts them inherently. You know, it's just oh, oh, I could I could I could get something out of this. You know. Yeah. My my brother he's he said it best. He's got what, five kids. And I always make I always make jokes about the the running joke between he and I is like, Oh, you got five kids, you can't watch that. You know, and <laughs> it's like, Well, I don't have time. I say, like, Yeah, you got five kids. Like, have you seen that? No, I said, never mind. You got five kids. That's, that's the running <laughs> joke with everything. But he's right, like, I, I can imagine. <laughs> and he told me, he's like, man, you've been desensitized. I was like, true, true. He's like, you know, you have kids. It's like, you know, you have to watch everything before they watch it, and you have to screen true. everything before they watch it. And I asked him one day, and I said, man, the kids seen Dave Chappelle? He's like, no. Like wow, they haven't watched that. He's like, no, when they're not, no, no, they're not. Yeah, that wouldn't be appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, we watched Dave Chappelle. He's like, yeah, when we were 16 and 17, you know, 18, 19, whatever. And he's like, yeah, that that was cool then. And he's like, well, we understood, right. you know, and it wasn't, you know, mom and dad, they were okay with us watching that because we wouldn't get out of control. I'm not saying my niece and my nephews out of control, but he's like, I'm not introducing them to that. Like okay, it's a, it's a different game out here now. Yeah, exactly, and I'm like, okay, that that makes that makes sense. I can understand that because he's he's like, I mean, Dave Chappelle is not talking about anything positive. Like that's true, but I still like it. And he's like, it's hilarious. I, I said, I know it's hilarious. It, 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 it was so funny because there is degrees of the truth to exactly. what he says, and exactly. he has a comical genius about him to where it, it's like I compare Dave Chappelle's comedy to the greatest freestyler we might ever meet. And I don't know who that is, uh, but you know, there are some people that can really, no, (laughs) no. And, 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 and actually I met him when I was doing music and he did, uh, we did a show with him, uh, opened up for him. Uh, that's funny. And he, and he was getting sued. So he was looking pissed the whole time. Uh, it was crazy. It's crazy, but he still, he still like, uh, had on all this jewelry and all this, but anyway, so, yeah, uh, well, yeah, I kind of got away from. Now I got into a little flip, so uh, that's what happened. <laughs> but um, you know, I was getting away from the point. Uh, uh, what would we uh, remind me there again? No, we were just talking about you know Dave Chappelle and, and you know how um, okay how how much right. of a comic genius he is, a comedic genius he is. I got it. I got it. And that's why I'm not the top freestyler because you see, I just I fell off the mic right there. So, but. Yeah, but like I compare his comedy genius to the world's greatest freestyler um, because it's like the way he brings his jokes back around 
is the way like somebody can freestyle and start off here with something and then like six, eight bars later, they're coming back around and making the, the punchline or the, the what's the name off of that, you know? And so, and even if that's like rehearsed or written or memorized, that's still a great um, feat because that's memory, you know, and, and especially under pressure. So Chappelle does that. He goes out there and he just brings it back around. He, he has a way of freestyling the jokes and you know, he's not always memorizing word for, I mean, the greatest comedians don't memorize most things. Like, um, when I do any motivational speaking stuff, like through the years, I've never written anything I say. Like, and I've spoken in front of a few hundred people before, but I never, it's just, it's, it's that thing. It comes natural, you know? Man, that's, I, I love it. I, I, and that's part of the reason why we wanted to do this conversation. And you've hit on a couple of things already, but I, I do want to get into the motivational, motivational side. And and you hinted on this before, and I'm, I'm going to say this because this was part of the conversation we had before. And I just want to tell people, so how all this got started? Well, now I won't say how all this got started, but I, I told you before and I was open about how I was, how I received the news about you, what happened uh, when you enlisted and, and, and everything in the war. And, um, right. and I'll tell people, I'll tell people again, I was in uh, Mississippi. And we had a basketball game. We had a two a two game uh, road trip, and we had played. Um, I always preface everything by the road trips and stuff because I'm always away. At the time in college, I was always away. We played right. Mississippi State. I uh, know we didn't play Mississippi State. We had, we played Southern Miss, and then we played Alcorn State. And we had played Southern Miss that day, and we were leaving to go to Alcorn. And I was in the lobby, and my mom called. And it's you know I always tell people I'm always away, so you know you can call me whenever. But she had called right. me, and I'm like, oh, my mom's calling. What's going on? I got to take this, you know. And she tells me the news about, you know, um, there was an attack, and, and you guys got, you know, you were injured in the attack. And I didn't take that. <clears throat> at the time, I did not take that very well. And so right. that was on my mind at the time when I, we were on the road. And so at the time, I think this was, what, what 2020, 2006, 2007? And, uh, 06, um, yeah. three days after my birthday. Yeah, and, and it was in like at the time you you know the internet wasn't as popping as it was as it is now. Nah, you couldn't just run nah. Google and instant it Facebook Messenger. Take, yeah, it was gonna take a little while to get the news, so I didn't mm-hmm. really pick up the news right away then. But I remember when we got back to the hotel um, that night after after we drove to uh, from Oxford um, on down, we we got to the hotel. And I tried to look it up, and I still couldn't find anything. But I got back to Huntsville, and I did all the research at that time. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know, this is crazy. And, yeah, bro, that, that, that completely shook me. And, man, it, and, and it's, it, felt, it felt surreal because, at, you know, a lot of people don't remember this was, like, right after 9-11. We did so many years right after 9-11. Yeah. So we lived through that. And then, boom, you know. If you, you had friends and buddies that were in high school, a lot of them went to the war. And so I'm like, mm-hmm. man, that, that just it it hit me different when it's your friend. And and I'm yeah. like, man, that that you know, you're trying to, you know, you're trying to bulk up and all right, I'm gonna go on through the rest of the day and this and that, but and that always was something that hit me every time I thought about it. And and now you you're doing the motivational talk and stuff. That that's man, that that I love it. 
I love it. I love yeah, it. it's been been a been a long road, and I mean, it's it, it, I think it's part of my therapy, even after this many years, to like uh, hear it from you, you know, because uh, hear it, you know, I've gotten a lot of accounts now, and it and it takes years, you know, um, uh, but. I've gotten now a few accounts of people like you in my life that, you know, it is very important for me after I got mentally well to um, understand like what people were feeling, you know, and it wasn't just what I, cause I know what I, I've worked through my feelings and what I was feeling on that day. And right. that's why I can talk about it. Like we're talking about groceries, you know, because it's not that I don't, I'm cool. I'm too cool for school or it doesn't bother me. Yeah. It's some of, some of the things can be nightmarish, uh, but I edit it for TV and conversation uh, because, you know, um, those things are bad and um, I didn't go over there to do a good job. Right. And so it, it is just what it is. It, it, a good job in the sense of, I didn't go over there to deal with good people. And, um, you know, so it, like, the motivational stuff didn't come till man, um, 12 years later, you know what I mean? And, but there were things where I had gotten asked to do some things in the previous last 10 years before that. And, and so I had kind of gotten my, uh, it's funny. And, and I like to joke like this. So most people won't understand it, but uh, when they say get your feet wet, you know, it was kind of like that for me, but, I don't have feet, so I don't really, you know, I don't really know what to say at that point. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so, so, I mean, it's true. You know, it's true. I don't know what to say. So it's uh, <laughs> just the way my mind works. And um, so, uh, but, but you know, like I, I had gotten some opportunities to do some things. And then, you know, just being a disabled veteran these days, man, it's like um, it puts you in it. Like if you choose to it puts you into like a role, like you have a responsibility to be one of those veterans that now, uh, like the Vietnam guys that didn't get what we got and got spit on and called baby killers. Like it, it's time for you to take that, that role and, and do for the next generations coming in. And, um, you know, because we might not go to war, we might not do this in the third, but you know, um, man, it's like, you got a whole country, uh, and I won't say a whole country because less than 2% of our nation served in the conflict I was in. Um, and if you think about that, that's crazy. Uh, but that's a lot of people, man. That's a lot of people. And you live all around those people. And that's, what's amazing about that is, you know, like they're, man, that, that, uh, gives me chills to think like there's people that, man, I know, I know from the war that I was in, man, that I, I can tell you, for example, as an 18 year old kid that I knew we left together and he wasn't my personal friend, but I knew of him. He lived on my floor and, uh, he didn't come back, you know, and he's 18 years old. And, but he had that kind of motivation to say, man, like, I'm, I'm gonna do this. You know what I mean? It ain't no heroism to that. Like it gets real when you sign the dotted line, you know? So, uh, but yeah, I mean, it all led to the motivational stuff, but it just, it took so long, man. <laughs> and, I mean, that's a, that's a part of the journey. And we talked your last time, and then and we, you know, pregame and stuff. It's like it's a part of the journey, you know. And it, every, and I said this before in one interview that I had, and it's like you know, you have to get, you have to go through the process. And 
once you go through the process and you're here today, it's like, you know, there's no story. There's no story to tell if you didn't go anywhere or do anything. True. You know, the outcome of everything, the sum of where you are now is, you know, the, you're the product of, you know, the story that that's, that's been, you know, you've lived. And so, and, yeah. and you know, you've, you know, fought in a war. I mean, you've, you've, you're a hero, you, you know, all, all this, all this is happening. It's like, man, that's my friend. It's like, he's my lifelong friend. <laughs> like this guy's done it. Like, and you, even said, and you even said you did music and you said, you know, you just, yeah. you even said you did music. T- tell me about the music side. I know that, I know there's a story behind that, but I got to hear this one. So, um, okay. I, I got finally, I remember in end of 06 or 07, cause I was in the hospital for a couple of months. And so beginning of 07, I want to say, I started finally, they were like, um, my case manager, she's like, you know, you can get a car, you can still drive and we'll give you training. And I said, are you serious? And, uh, you know, it's like, as soon as she was, we were done having that combo, I was at the dealership buying a car. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, because I was like, I, that's how bad, I mean, I spent Christmas and New Year's watching the fireworks pop out of a a third story window yeah. on a hospital, you know, and, and my family would come down to visit me and my mom and sister flew all the way from Germany to, to visit me and a couple of times. And so I wasn't alone, but there were certain, yeah, there were certain days where I was alone. So, but you know, and you get the, you get that feeling just sitting in the hospital, the most devastating thing has happened to you. And, you know, you're just going through all of it uh, emotionally and, and mentally. And you, you still trying to put up the thing like you're happy, but, it's a front, you know, and, uh, but so I started getting out of there and, um, I started driving around and, uh, started going, like I would see, uh, and this was the phase, this was the beginning of, okay. Um, this is why I don't judge people like, um, you know, like celebrities that get overnight money or like, like, um, even though I'm not a fan of them, like Conor McGregor or, or like, um, like, uh, like, uh, like, uh, you know, some, some sports person that's gotten maybe overnight success and money. Cause they're a superstar, you know, but, right. but it's like, but, but I know, Joe. <laughs> right. And, and, and I don't, I don't judge them because I didn't become a celebrity or anything like that, but it's like, I got overnight life changing money. And it was like, um, yeah, okay. So here's the thing. If you, if you're, if you're an alcoholic or if you're, you know, have bad habits, what is overnight money going to do? It's going to elevate you in your efforts in, in those bad habits, you know? And so, um, me wanting to forget what had happened to me, of course, I started going out to clubs. I had all this money, I, uh, you know, big flashy car. Um, I could, I could take 15, 20 people out if I wanted to, you know, and that certainly made me feel good. It, it certainly made me feel like, okay, well, okay, Frank, you're still, you're good enough because I think inside, uh, I wasn't feeling good enough, obviously. And so I started going out and this, this has to be told because this is all part, you know, of the story of, of how I'm, I'm, I'm like that. You know, I'm a life coach, so I'm, I'm very in tune with, with how I feel about things. And so I like to explain it that way. But started going to clubs and uh, drowning my sorrows in bottles and, and, and partying 
and and hey man i had a i had a two chains kind of kind of kind of life you know what i mean where i was partying and then living a great existence outside the people but i was just miserable man i, I just wanted to do anything it you know i would have spent any amount of money to just have people around me and uh it was it was it was a facade uh but and so when you're when you're doing bad um i guess that's why they say you can do bad all on your own because and then you should because um once once you don't and you bring that to the public i can tell you you attract only people that are doing bad and you'll be blind so you think they're just your friends and so um Long story short, with that, I got involved with a couple of artists, and they were, you know, we were all cool at first. We we became like family. Eventually, you know, just working together, and and I didn't know much about producing, um, but there was, uh, but I felt like when I met them and listened to their music, I was like, man, you know what? I don't want to rap or I don't want to make music, but you know what? I got the money. I can do this. You know what I'm saying? Like, and and. I mean, having a, a sister that's an Olympic athlete and a famous person in another country, I've always felt like that's, there's, okay, there's nothing you can't do. My sister already showed me that. Like, you know, like, right. like you just have to really, like, you have to think something crazy that nobody else around you is thinking, and then everybody's going to tell you you're crazy, and then you have to go for it. And so, um, and you have to keep going. And so I kept doing that. Um, because I thought their their music was decent, um, but there was a waitress in one of the clubs I would frequent, and she didn't like my group. She was friends because with some of the guys in my group, and that's how we she became like the the waitress at that club for us. And but uh, she liked me, took a liking to me as far as just a friend. You know, she wasn't romantically liking me or nothing, but she was a cool cool lady. And then she. Um, she pulled me aside one night in the club in the VIP and said, Hey, um, you know, I know they'll mess this up, but she used to be a backup dancer in the in the music industry. And so she said, Hey, um, I got this friend. His name is BU and he's a producer and, uh, you know, he could really help you get to the next level. He could show you where to put your music. He could show you how to, how to distribute. Cause I didn't know nothing about that. You know, I didn't know nothing about the, the game of music and it's changed tremendously since I've done it. Right. Uh, and I've gotten a lot better over time. Um, but, th and that's why I tell you, and I'll, I'll come to that point at the end, but I got, um, I got with BU and BU already had an artist, uh, on the Disney channel at the time. He already had some things going and, you know, he did. He wasn't even where he wanted to be. You know, but uh, just being around him, uh, and and you know whether he believed in me truly or not. I mean, he, I, I think he did. You know, I don't know. You know, but uh, he, he sometimes he pulled me aside. We'd hang out mano a mano, and he'd tell me things like he, you know, growing up without my dad, like with my dad passing away, like when we were in eighth grade, um, like I didn't learn a lot of those common sense things like you know how to set up a company how to you know because my dad was a businessman he had a successful restaurant in germany for many years right. he would have schooled me on all this you know or gave me the proper guidance i think and and i'm not blaming the world or nobody it's nobody's fault it's just the way it happened i want to you know explain that but right. uh, and that's why i didn't know this stuff and and so um 
no excuses though, because BU was showing me, he's like, man, this is how you set up an LLC. This is how you do this, that, and the third. And he's like, my, he introduced me to his girlfriend. She had like three LLCs. She was a successful entrepreneur. And um, I didn't know how to spell the word entrepreneur at the time, bro. <laughs> you know, uh, I still don't know. Right? How to spell it. I swear, it's like Google entrepreneur, man. <laughs> right, and and it's a good one to uh, to know. Um, but um, so I started getting some small success in the way of not public success, but uh, man, here I was um, managing almost six to seven artists. And then having, uh, putting them on stages and first, of course, doing like every humble artist does. And I think last time we joked about hustle and flow because, you know, when he threw, when old Ludacris threw DJ's mixtape in the toilet, I, I was like, I feel you, bro. I feel you. I like, la- listen, listen, I laughed, but uh, a part of me was like, here, you know what I mean? I know, I know how you feel. I know how you feel. <laughs> you know? All of the work is, yep. is like that, but you know, but it is what it is. You know, yeah, it's something to me, like all the no's. It just takes that one yes. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I can tell you now uh, of knowing enough and having successful artists now, I can tell you that um, nobody's just gonna. It's not like back in the day. Nobody nowadays is just gonna pick up. Even if they get your stream or digital, whatever, they're just not going to pick it up uh, unless a label or a company wants to pick up, you know, your online activity. But you're not you're never going to take your music out there unless somebody listens to it. And they're going to be like, you're the next big thing unless you are friends with P. Diddy or, or you're just hanging out with or you came up in that light, maybe, you know, and you might have those chances and opportunities. But the game has changed tremendously. So, um, anyways, like started doing the, the artist thing. I went on a, went, uh, I did a couple of shows. We did a couple of shows, a little flip, as I was talking about earlier, no big deal. I mean, artists, you know, in Dallas and San Antonio, this is no big deal. This might sound impressive to some, some, somebody, but it's not at all. It's just, you, you know, you're, you're, um, you do still got to do the work, right? But it, it, it's not like, okay, well, this is life changing because many times artists are touring that you know, and they're very famous and they still have to sue their label even to get a proper paycheck. So um, what happened is we, um, that, you know, my head artist in that group, um, and, and, and let me backtrack because at this time, I had already been writing poetry like while while me and you were in high school, I was always writing poetry and always been into that kind of stuff. And that's how I started doing the quotes. You know, you would see the quotes online last year or so. Like I, you know, and and sometimes I'd rhyme certain things or I'd make it sound real slick, you know, because that's just the the freestyler. You know what I mean? That's just the, the writer anyways. I'm not, I'm not as good of a freestyler as I am a writer, but, um, you know, so, uh, I just, uh, I, I was always writing poetry and I had notebooks and one of my artists that was one of my good friends, not my head artist, he was one of my younger artists. And I met him when he was 17 he's 31 now. So that's crazy. Um, so he, uh, and, 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 uh, you know, he's like, he was so tall. He's six, five, but he's, he's younger. So he's like my little brother. Uh, so 
Yeah, he's like your brother, you know. Right. So uh, super tall, and so um, but he uh, he he found one of my notebooks one day, and he is like, "Hey, um, you know, this stuff is really good." Even though I was quite embarrassed that he found my, found that stuff, it was just personal stuff. Uh, and the reason I started writing poetry was when my when my dad died. Uh, when we were going to high school that eighth grade year when we were graduating, right. uh, my dad died that, that summer. And so when we were doing that, I had a, a counselor that was uh, like a kid's counselor uh, that was supposed to help me deal with it. And uh, she told me, anytime you're going to get sometimes really mad, you're, sometimes you're going to get really upset, something, you know. And she said, it doesn't matter if it makes sense. It doesn't matter what it is. Just write how you feel in a blank page. It does, you know, if you have to grab a paper off the wall and write on it, just do it. And uh, lo and behold, I mean, that created a habit of just writing on things. And so while I was, I, I just hated math in school, but I loved to write. Hated, I always like, hated math. It wasn't the math teachers. It yeah. Was, it was just everybody hated. Well, no. Some people love we, math. We had some cool teachers. Some people love math. They do. Like. And, 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 and like my friend who I, I have to pay because I can't, uh, you know, I can't do drills and stuff, hanging up stuff in my house anyway, because he's like, knows all the math and how to drill the proper, you know, and I just get frazzled with the tape measure, you know, and, and then I just blame it on PTSD. Like, but uh like, you know just, just name it. I don't have to, with the trajectory. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, just put it no. on the wall. <laughs> like I can't hang a picture straight sometime and it's not because I'm vertically challenged, okay? Like that's not even a joke, right? <laughs> you know, but it's but it's just but it's, it's true, it's funny. <laughs> it's, right? Yeah. It's just I have to call my buddy, but uh he's like the engineer. Who, you know, he can build drones. It's crazy. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, but that's all that math, you know, uh, that we disregarded in school. You know, the algebra and uh, the calculus. And, you know, and that's that's why I wasn't up on my finances for a long time. Because I just, you know, you don't have to be some math whiz to get good with money. Right. That's not it. Uh, uh, if you want to be good with money, you just have to spend it. Um, right. But it's like, if you want to you know, do stocks maybe or, or advance things or, or like, like, like predict things, you know, how they do with stocks and all that. And yeah, that stuff come in handy. I, I definitely but, understand that. That much I do understand. I said, I don't, I don't get like, I never understood like a, well, I'm not, let me, let me rephrase it. I didn't like math. It's never, never the fact that I never understood it. I understood it. I just didn't like it. Cause it was always right. forced upon anything forced upon. I kind of pushed against like, you have to know this. Yeah. Like, eh, you have eh. to like it, man. You have to like it. It's that's every kid in America or the, in the world. Like that's why some kids, they're not made for school. And it's not because they're unintelligent. Some right. kids are far intelligent, but they just work better in other ways. Like Standardized school testing. is a school, school is a blueprint, you know, right. school is good for some, but it's, it's it's the blueprint from the 1950s when people just graduated and go work nine to five. Right. The world ain't like that. It's kids out here being millionaires now. On TikTok. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, and oh man, here we go. Could, but uh, could you? Uh, I do want to say that. I want to get sidetracked. The, the legend. The legend <laughs> no, you're good. Frank, no, dude, you I, you you better believe I'm mentioning this, the legend of Frank. All right. So TikTok <laughs> was around then. 
And that, that oh, I'd be and, I'd be Jake Paul right now. And, and that Enrique Iglesias video. Until <laughs> <laughs> to, to today, till today, I cannot hundred million. I cannot watch Enrique Iglesias without watching that. Video. <laughs> I wish. I wish you, uh, you still. Do you have that video somewhere? No, I mean I never had that video. Uh, what happened was. That video got put into the BTV archives, uh, and whatever is salvaged from our era, if they did salvage any of those tapes or anything, it's going to be in Chapel Hill's archives. So it's possible that we could do some treasure hunting. It's, it's very possible. I would love to find that video because that was epic. <laughs> and I'm thinking like, like that. that like, yeah, like kids wouldn't understand it, but, but nah, like it wouldn't this, be funny. It'd be it'd be corny now. I would. I don't care. I'm corny. I would laugh. I'm, I'm, falling, I'm falling off of wherever I'm falling off of. I'm laughing and stuff. My side is hurting because I remember that video, and for no reason, oh, yeah. it just it just cracked me up. But of course, now you know TikTok. That would be a TikTok Hall of Fame. Yeah. Type in. Then it would be. The I believe. I believe so. Challenge. Yeah. It'll be. The you end. know. Yeah. And and I'm not a social media buff. But I'm like, yeah, I know if I could, if I could misplace timelines. Yeah, if we had the TikTok, oh man. And then, and then probably, you know, there's always both sides of the coin. I probably would have done some really embarrassing stuff too. So who knows? Uh, Absolutely. Probably better that we didn't. But it would have been great. I I wouldn't take anything back from it. It would have been great. Because I'm not going to lie. True. 18, 19 year old me, and we had TikTok, I probably would have been on TikTok or YouTube. More than like oh, we were, we were, we were, we had star power back then, it, man, it, it and we still been, do. It was you know? something that caught my eye. I had so many different ideas, but at the same time, I was like, you know, let me get out of high school first and see what this life is about. Now it's, you don't even have to get oh, out of world. You don't even have to get out of high school now. It's you're 15. You know, you're 15 years old now. You got yeah. a manager. You got you know shoe deals. You got you know gaming. Oh man, it's, you don't have to get yeah. out of high school for that crap. You game, you good. To yeah, play. it's crazy. Yeah, you can you can play Xbox, be a millionaire. But um, it's crazy. But like you were saying, I mean, with with the music thing, I didn't want to cut you off, but that was right. TikTok thing. Was, no, no, no. Was, was I, I'm still I, I still bookmarked my place um in my mind, so I'm still good. I ain't lost it, but I I was that was interesting what we was getting off into because I think it a lot of what we're talking about needs to be explained to the audience because it's like they're not going to understand some things if they don't got the backstory, you know? Exactly. There's a lot of, a lot of backstory. <laughs> There's a lot to do. And so, okay, so where we left off is I'm starting to do music as I'm managing artists and getting not what I deem as success, but, you know, I say success is in, in one's mind and, like, if you make something happen that's on a level that your friends around you aren't on, then I, I would deem that as being in a small success, you know? So I, I was having that, um, but I was burning through a lot of money making this dream float. Uh, I was like the label. So you got to understand I was the only one putting money in. Mm. Um, and, uh, and, you know, coming being a good old country boy and i tell anybody that's gonna maybe get into some money here um stop trying to save everybody uh because you know us being from the country and stuff that's that's bred into us and that's okay in some of the parts where we're from but um that money wouldn't 
you know, and you can still get taken advantage of where we from now, but Absolutely. it's like, it, you know, don't be so gullible and don't be so, and I didn't understand back then, but now that I've done all this spiritual work, it's like, I understood that I would, I just needed people to like me. Right. And I didn't understand that I was subconsciously would just pay for people or give them money even to, to build them out of their problems in their life. Right. You know what I mean? So, cause I felt bad for them. Um, and so, uh, my artist found one of my notebooks as that's, that stuff's going on. And he's like, man, you know what? You ever think about making a song or making, making, making some music? And I was like, huh? No, <laughs> you know? And, uh, and I was like, no, nah, I can't, I couldn't at that time, even though I had furnished so much studio time, I had seen people perform in front of microphones. I'd been in some cool studios. It was like, Man, um, I could never see myself doing that. I was very intimidated. But this goes back to what we were talking about when I was like in eighth grade, ninth grade, you know, the intimidation factor. That it, I was still that same kid, if you think about it. And here I was being faced with adversity again. And I was like, oh, man, you know, uh, I can't do it in my mind somewhere, probably. And then my artist, my, my bro, he kept his name is Dre. He kept pushing me and pushing me. And, uh, finally he came over, he came over one weekend. And, uh, of course, by then I had a studio in my house. I had taken a bedroom, turned, turned the closet into a, a studio. I gotten nice equipment everywhere. I mean, it, it was, it was nice, you know? And so it's nice for a home studio as it can get. And, um, so he come over one weekend, we start writing, Cause I would often help them like ghostwrite and do stuff. And, um, we started writing for his, his stuff that I was mixing and producing and it, you know, just for fun, he gets me on the mic. And of course, uh, longer part short that turns into me doing music, get more confident. And, um, just like when that counselor told me, Hey, write it, write your feelings down. This is exactly what was happening again. It was manifesting again. And when I look back, I, you know, I didn't realize that at the time it just manifested again, you know, like, um, and I made a, a mixtape because back, back, back then it was cool to make mixtapes. Uh, you kids don't know about that, but, uh, so, <laughs> so, so what are those? But, um, like, uh, the, the word tape threw everybody off. What is a tape? Get out of here. Right. Get out. It's a CD. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, no, but, uh, yeah, so I made a mixtape called Anger Management, and, uh, that was 2007, and, uh, nice. I, you know, I, I, I mean, I made a, a bunch of copies, um, I sent them out to, to people I knew that I had, a uh, connection with, because, uh, I had a, a girlfriend at the time, we were in a, a pretty serious relationship, she was helping me out with a lot of stuff, right. and, um, uh, it was right before it was like, you know, it's that whole thing. I was in a, in a relationship for a long time and social media. Uh, it's not that I was messing up that much. It's just that social media was messing us up and, um, it was better for me not to be on. And so I took a hiatus for a while and that's when I kind of started going through a dark period in my life. Yeah. Uh, and that's when, um, I just went, a, pe a lot of people started worrying about me cause I just went cold turkey off the internet out of nowhere and uh but you know i, I made that mixtape and it it helped me get past 
um, that, um, that I think that anger that I had as a kid, you know, that anger that comes from, uh, divorced parents having to move to another country, having teachers yell at you because you don't know English, you know, like, I, I mean, all kind of stresses that I'm taking that I never shared with, uh, even you or, or people at Chapel Hill. I just kind of kept to myself, you know, I mean, you remember Miss Pissam, you know, um, bless her heart. She, um, she, and she apologized and, and, and just hugged me, uh, years later, you know, but I remember she, when we was in kindergarten, we used to have to sit down there in Jackson elementary and then go up to the line and go up to class, you know, but we'd have to sit there quiet. And if you got caught talking, Miss Kissam would tell you to hit the wall. And now I even laugh at this, so feel free on my behalf, but she, I'm, I'm, I'm saying something, I guess. I don't know. I don't remember it. And, uh, she told me to hit the wall and I went up there in front of the whole class, bro. And what do you think I did? <laughs> Cause I just, I just learned English. I mean, you know, like I'm still learning a lot of English in kindergarten and first grade when, when all of us didn't really even know each other, you know, like, so, uh, people forget about that. Frank was one, once upon a time, the weird foreign kid, you know? So, so this is a weird fact. Uh, I did not know you did not know how to speak English. No, nah, it's not my first language. So, you, oh, so it's, wow. it, yeah, it, it, it's presently Dutch. So, so you could just speak fluent German. It's German, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm German, so that's my first language. Well, <laughs> see that, that all these years I did not know. I, I knew I knew about Secret. I knew about your mom and your sister, but I did not know that you could speak German. Well, because that's that's why they they're from Germany because I was born there, right? And well, so that makes sense. What it did, what well, does? That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, now it's like now you're connecting the dots. <laughs> I'm like okay, I'm like okay, that 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 makes it makes more sense now. Okay, all right. Maybe now some 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 girls did know it in high school because they used to call me German chocolate. So, <laughs> so I thought it was something else. I thought it was just be, oh, okay. Well, oh okay. Well, hey, all right. Hey, it makes that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, once once uh, once all the girls found out that I was black and German, it was like special. It was like oh. He's he's black and German. Oh, German chocolate, you know, like <laughs> that is a good nickname. That's a good nickname. Oh, uh, it's hilarious. And I and I was so shy. My face would get so red if if a girl would ever flirt with me in high school, you know. And I would try to probably play cool. <laughs> but I mean, you play ball, and so so I mean, that was that was easy. That was an easy one. <laughs> right. I mean, that was always yeah. Nah. Up, so shit. Yeah, but. But yeah, I mean, so yeah, that's how I got into music ultimately, and it, it, it ran its course. And so the end cap to the music thing is that while, while working with the artist that kind of screwed me over in the end, um, one time we was mixing a session, and I had him in there, a couple artists, and uh, he said, "Let me call my cousin to come over and and, and help mix this. He want he want another producer on it." And so uh, the artist. Uh, who now is, is, I was a co-founder of his company called Cadillac Music now years later. And, and, uh, we call him Moses and, um, he, he came over and we met and he started mixing music. And, and of course we, we just kept meeting on some random occasions and we kept talking and 
and he was quite different, man. He he was not about big chains, and he wasn't about all the money, and and he wasn't about like just the cliche stuff, man. That all my other artists, except for Dre, uh, my my bro that I was telling you about, like all my other artists were so dra- you know, were, rolled up in that Hollywood dream. They were into the industry. You know, they weren't they weren't about yeah. the, the process. They were into the interest, industry. Right, right. They wanted to look cool, and 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 you know, and my and and, and my money enabled that. So part of that was my fault. You know, so I don't blame everybody for everything because we all grew from it. And it hadn't have been for them and, and them getting to mix Moses or getting Moses to mix music. I would have never met Moses and, and went on to found a company with him. And now he's getting thousands of streams on YouTube and, and all these Spotify and Google. And you can uh, request him on your Amazon device. And, and you know, it's like. He, he, they're really selling music and eating off of that, you know, and they're really doing it. So it's like everything that I wanted to do with those other artists, it, it, that's why I tell you, man, don't quit with this podcast because um, that, that's, that's what it is. The universe just wants to make sure you want it. You know, it's going to throw all kinds of stuff at you to make sure that you're going to quit. Right. And and if you just meant to do something, you can quit all you want and it's going to come back to you and it's going to torture you until you do it. <laughs> This. You know, but nah, I nah, man. On this. I ain't quitting this. <laughs> it's a difference between me as a, a sixteen-year-old kid, and you know, and your mom and dad buying you something, or you having to work. It, it's totally different. Now you're an adult, and you invested money. In, oh, no, nah, I'm quitting this. Nah, nah. right. <laughs> Learn that lesson. Yeah, man. So I, uh, I, what I did is, um, instead of taking a percentage of the company, right. I. I sold out and, uh, it sounds bad. I cashed out and, um, uh, cause it was never about the money for me. Um, I, uh, I got my little percentages and, uh, you know, my whole goal was to make sure that they eat off of the music they make and make sure that they can pay their bills off of their work after all those years uh, and all those no's like we talked about. Um, and, uh, and they're doing that. And so I felt successful because, it's like, I'm not a person, like I can do anything for money. And I've done many things, like as far as like getting paid for something like that. I'm the kind of guy, I'll go do five different things and that's how I'll have the the lump sum or whatever, you know? And I'm not, I don't need to just blow up and, and everybody in the world needs to praise me and do all this stuff. Like, I don't care about that, man. Like I'm, I'm here for a good time, not a long time, right? I mean, eventually I'm going to be gone. You know, one day you finna look up and I'm going to be dead, you know, or vice versa. And that's right. not to sound sad, but it is what it is, you know? Right. So, but you, so I don't, I don't waste time on you that. Wanna, you're not here for, and, and I can't remember where I read it from. It's like, you can't put a dollar value on integrity. It's like something yeah. like you, you're at the end of the day, when you look at yourself in the mirror or you think about everything you've done, I don't want to add a dollar value to it. Like, man, the impact that I it's have priceless. on people, the impact that I have on people and relationships, exactly what you said is priceless. Like, what what would you yeah. be remembered by? How would they remember you? How how would you be remembered? And I, you know, funny funny story, not a funny story. I was like eight o'clock this morning, getting up, and um, Gladiator was on, and and he one of my favorite lines in Gladiator, and right at the beginning of the movie, they're getting ready to fight that those guys. He said. What you do in this lifetime echoes in eternity. Mm-hmm. And and I'm like, man, that was that's so profound. You know, I'm, I like that. I'm gonna have to you know write that down somewhere. But of course, you remember it. 
but it's absolutely true. I don't want to look at um, monetary value, and and some people do, and I'm not knocking anybody for that because that's that's their that's their mindset. Because I don't want to look at everything. You know, what can I gain from this, man? If, if I gain a like, if I gain a, a smile, if I gain a man, bro, keep doing what you're doing. That makes me feel happy. Like that 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 gives me gratification. Because it's a passion that is, of mine. That's what you'll get. And that's a passion of mine that, like, now, at the end of the day, you know, am, am I going to turn down something that, you know, I've worked hard for? And it's a certain thing that I'm looking for. And if it's, if it's the goal that I'm looking for and, and this is, it's, if it's the right time for it, absolutely. You know, when opportunity knocks, you know, you got to answer it. You, you know? take it. You work for it, you know. You take exactly. it. Like, this, this, this is the part where, all right, this is, you know, it's starting to take off, Corey. All right, now, now starting all the hard work, all the, you know, the the late nights, the, the the constant, you know, brainstorming, the constant thinking, the constant brainstorm. Now, time to put everything into action. And when you finally put everything to action, things start to come into fruition. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I, you think back. All right, man, I don't, I don't want karma to come back. Oh, you did this wrong. You did this person wrong. No, when, when people say, "Hey, oh, Corey did it the right way." Or I know his, I know the type of person he is. He ain't gonna, he ain't gonna make, you know, he's not gonna do anybody wrong. He's not doing anything in the business. Right. And like, like you said, when it's my time to walk away, I didn't want anything. I just wanted my percentage. That part of my life is over. I'm happy for you. I'm walking away. That's yeah. I mean, I'm. It, you know, you always have the, like, if you max it out, right, and, and you take your percentage and you walk away, you'll always, like Michael Jordan, it'll always be associated with that. You know, it's not like you have to give up the, the prestige of it. I mean, people act like that, you know? Exactly. Like, what did you do? Well, man, I was a part of this. I was a part of that. Man, that, that was awesome. Like, what, why, what, what made you walk away? Peace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. What, what made you give it up? Peace. Like that was it. Like I, I see, I younger the younger you, the younger version of yourself, you you don't realize it. You know, oh man, what what made these guys? What made Dave Chappelle walk away from fifty million dollars? Peace. Yeah. You know why would you walk away mm-hmm. from money on the table? Because my creativity, and I I had to learn this back in my back in, but in twenty twenty during the pandemic, I hit a a creative roadblock. Like early, oh, yeah, in, early in 2020, I was, man, I had, I was so, I had so many ideas, had everything on the whiteboard. I, I wrote everything down. I'm like, okay, this is the goal. This is it. Check more, check more, check more. We got to get this done. Like, this is it for us. I don't say this is it for us, but like, this is, this is year to, 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 to pass the baton and let's keep going. Like, this is the next phase. Man, right. pandemic. You know, and then, you know, the uncertainty of a lot of different things. And so, you know, what do you do at this point? You know, now I've lost creativity. I've lost my, my motivation to do certain things. And it's hard to regain that back. And so yeah. now that it's now that I've regained a lot of that momentum back and I feel like it's catching steam, I'm excited. You know, now, now a lot of my ideas are coming back. And brainstorm is coming <laughs> back. And... You know, now I got to get more sticky notes. I ran out of sticky notes like early 2019, 2020, because I write down an <laughs> idea and I put a sticky note up. And like, because so right. I write down an idea, I, I have to, because I may forget it. I may forget the gist of the idea, but I write it down on a sticky note 
and, and tape it on the wall and sticky note tape it on the wall. Well, that's, that's great. That's great because what you're doing is building a visualization board. Exactly. You know? And, and, it, and it helps because there's certain things like, you know, skits and, you know, intros and, you know, uh, you know ideas and different things that you want to get out there. Now, I always tell people the timing of it, I don't want to rush something that's not ready. If you if you're not ready for something, you're not ready for something. But I'm like, but I'm right. always I'm all, I always suck at timing, because maybe I always feel like I'm a little too late, or I'm a little too early. It's never too early, I mean, but I'm always a little too late. But at the same time, in my mind, <laughs> I feel like, okay, this is the right time for me. But I gotta get out of that. This is the right time for me. But it's just just do it, just leap, just jump. Yeah, because that's what that is. Is that right time? Uh, everybody does that in life. Um, it's it, what it is. It's comfortable, right? You know, because it's what you're used to. Exactly. You know, you, you and but like you say, you know, you got to take that leap. You got to jump because um, that space is when there's no ground under you, or it's nothing in front of you to hang on to, and you still jump. Exactly. You don't want to miss out on anything because, like, man, it's embarrassing. You know, if it, it feels like embarrassing to me because. I don't, you know, if I whiff on something, especially if I've been, you know, working on something this whole time, or I've had something brewing, I had something brewing this whole time, I don't want to just release it and it whiffs, you know? Like, oh, man, that sucks. Right. Dang, I'm not happy about that. I want to be happy about everything that I put forth, I put out. It's got my name on it. It's got That's So Dope on it. And I don't want it to be like, oh, man, that just sucks. That's stupid, you know? But right. I, when I first started and... I wanted to be, I wanted the podcast to be about sports. And I don't think I ever told anybody this, but we, we've hinted on it before in the past. But I wanted it to be about sports because, you know me, I always like to talk sports, no matter what. That's that's my bread right. and butter, especially basketball. But we, we got into it, not, not, not in the fight or anything, but we started talking. And later on, it just kind of evolved into movies and then evolved into video games. And it involved into, mm-hmm. you know, current events or topics. Nothing serious, but it just kind of evolved into different conversation. I'm like, okay. You know, just because you start about sports doesn't necessarily mean the podcast has to be about sports. So we changed the whole right. drawback about sports. We changed the whole concept, and we just had a show. And it was more of like barbershop talk, where you barbershop talk, you pretty much talk about anything. Right. And that's pretty much what it was. And, and what it is now. And so we talk about sport. It, it could be whatever it is that me, J.D., and, and Vince talk about. It, it just whatever. And a lot of times it's like the pregame that we talk about is, I mean, it's, it, we just getting heated debates about whatever. <laughs> you know, oh, man, this is this and that. And Vince is flying off the handle. He had a hot take. We have another episode coming out this, <laughs> this week coming up. And he was like, you know, Batman Returns is better than in his eyes Batman Returns was the best version of Batman. I'm like, wait just a minute. And I, oh man, this that, this is a this is a, a a battle for the ages when you're talking about what's the best Batman, what's the best you know, like like this is man, this is gonna be many different opinions. Uh, millions of people could weigh in on that, you know. Exactly, and we and in the past we've had this debate. It was it was no debate at all. Dark Knight was the best comic book hero movie ever made. And that's just it was good. It was and it, and it had Morgan Freeman. 
Hey, exactly. <laughs> it had black Jesus. It had black Jesus. First there it Jesus. is. <laughs> it, had, it had him. He, it, it he didn't. He didn't only. He, he didn't play Jesus. He won up Jesus. He played God. That's that's <laughs> exactly. Come on. Like think about it. He's, like <laughs> he's played everybody. He's he hadn't been Jesus right. I think he's been <laughs> he voiced Moses or something. He's done something. He's been every biblical person you could possibly think of. I I feel I mean, I, <laughs> that creaky voice he has. No, I, I feel I love. <laughs> I can't even say it. <laughs> what, what was my favorite line? He's in Rob, my favorite Robin Hood movie. He's in the one with Kevin Costner. And that's probably the best Robin Hood movie thus far. The one with Russell Crowe is pretty good. Okay, you have to, you and Vince and everybody have to YouTube this if you don't know about this. Maybe you know about this here. But more best Morgan Freeman clip on YouTube is he did a movie back in like the 80s, maybe before, with like uh, Christopher Reeves. And he was a pimp in the movie. Get out of here. And there... There is a yes, and there and he's young, and there's a scene, man, and it, his lines. I I'm not gonna attempt to replicate them. I'll give you a gist, but like he, it, it, the, the, it's just great. It's great writing, great lines, and of, of course, classic Freeman, um, uh, the birth of a legend. Because and it's hilarious. You're gonna laugh um, because because Christopher uh, Reeves has got like this date. And I don't know what the premise is. I ain't watched the movie, so I don't know if he knows this is a prostitute or not. Right. But Morgan Morgan Freeman confronts them to talk to them, and um, like, 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 um, Christopher Reeves wants to debate with him over this, I guess. And and he's like, "Let me tell you something. You know it. I know it. She know it. And and right when he and when he says she know it." She's like, hey, and without even flinching, before she can get the rest of the word out, he does, and not that I'm promoting this, right. but he does a backhand slap, you know, a pimp slap. <laughs> and <laughs> and you, you can see, you can already see why this is hilarious. I'm not promoting, too? yeah. Yes, he had, yeah, and I think he had the hat too. And, it, and, it, and it's like, get serious, buddy. You know it, I know it, she know it. Hey, <laughs> Like it was just, it, 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 like my brother Dre is the one who turned me on to it, and it's just what? you know, I love to go on YouTube and find random clips like that and and laugh over them, <laughs> you know. So maybe maybe that's a, that's the material for a segment coming up for you for a show you got or something, you know, oh, uh, for you guys. Bring it up. I'm emailing that to the guys. You guys are gonna crack up. I'm definitely. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna link you. <laughs> is, did he have gray hair too? You said a young. I've never seen a young Morgan Freeman. He's he's a he's a young Freeman, and uh, I mean he is letting it all hang out. Okay, so <laughs> I love it. I love it. I was like, birth of a legend. Drop the mic already. You know, he he didn't even have, he didn't hit him with. He, you know, usually he hits you with some like with because of his voice, he can say anything. He can say I love sea turtles by the sea. You know, like but like. He didn't even use his voice, you know what I mean? He's just like, you know it, I know it, she know it, hey! <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, you got me uh, I gotta watch it now. I gotta watch it now. 
I'm, you know, that's up my alley. Any anything, any kind of random stupid, random funniness is good. Any kind of random oh, funniness God. is good. I'm I'm into that. You know, I'm into that. You know, oh gosh, I mean that's just that that's classic stuff. You know, I mean, I don't know, I don't know why I like that stuff so much because it's just like um. You know, I can't sit. I, I was talking with a buddy the other day about this. Like, I can't sit and watch unless, like, like, like if you say, "Hey, Frank, I'm coming over. I'm gonna watch this movie." I was like, "Okay, yeah, I'm excited to watch the movie." And it's like, I could watch the movie, but for some reason now by myself, I cannot get immersed for more than thirty minutes. And that's why I, I don't have Netflix. I don't have Hulu. None of that. Like, I have Amazon because it's free, but they ain't got nothing good on there. So I just watch YouTube. You know, and I got the premium, and so that's, <laughs> I guess that's my $9 towards uh, my video provider, like everybody else, you know, so, but I like it because I don't have to deal with the ads, and I can watch, they got movies on there, you know, and I can watch anything, and and that's where I find, we find stuff like that, because that used to be a thing, when we was in the hospital, we'd get on our little cell phones, and me and a buddy would just uh, look up YouTube clips, Man. you know, I I, and, and before you say something, I just want to say this. I know you got something you want to say, but like, do you remember when we were in high school and we were like dreaming of the day where we could just like, we were in a group talking like this and we could just reference that Hell movie? Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> you know? Hell yeah. And that's, there it is. There it is, you know? So we went crazy on that. <laughs> I, would, I would probably, if there was like a, a movie, like a movie team and you had like the, to reference movies and stuff like that. I, hands down, it would be me, my brother, and my cousin. But and and I would probably say you would be one of the other, maybe the fourth, because it's not a lot nice. of people that could that could memorize lines of movies or memorize like the other movies that we've seen. Now I'm not big into like the old black and white films and stuff, but my cousin's got mm-hmm. a, he's man, he ain't nothing he ain't watched. I mean, from from X rated to, to, to G, he's <laughs> You know, and, and I'm like, okay, I've seen some, but it's like I've seen movies too. You know, I've worked at you know worked right. at Blockbuster in college and stuff like that. And you know, I work for oh wow, you know, you know work for a cable. Blockbuster, so like, yeah, don't don't bring up. Uh, please, bring up. please be kind and rewind. These Black kids Black. don't know nothing about that. Uh, don't bring up it was it was the oh. it, was, it was the it was the best of times it was the worst of times <laughs> that is the only job we ever got fired from and it wasn't even and it wasn't even like uh, I don't want to talk about that it was it was not even a good time that's all I got I was, I, I I was to, happy to leave that job I have to admit um, because of you and my friend he went he was a great above us. His name was Kai Crutcher, and he had a sister named um, something. Yeah, you remember him? Yeah. Um, and and um, I met him because uh, I was friends with Keith uh, Belcher. Right. Uh, and so me and Kai became fast friends, and he oh, – gosh, I lost my train of thought again on that. Uh, I was making a point of what we were just talking about. Blockbuster. I got all into – Okay, so he worked at Blockbuster, but he was a manager. And because of him and you, uh, employees that had to take all this stuff, 
uh, I was living living the cool life because he would get me the movie posters when you guys were getting rid of. Oh man. So oh, man. I had all the best movie posters in my room as a kid uh, in high school. The movie posters was lit. I'm not going to lie. I, I got mad because yeah. back in high school, when my sister worked, she worked at two day video and this was, man, this was way back in the day. She worked at two day video. Right. It was the first job she ever had. Ironically. And she would get us movie posters. I had an Ace Ventura movie poster. I had an Above the Rim movie poster. And I had a Who nice. Dreams movie poster. And I had, um, it was, um, no, it was Above the Rim, Hoop Dreams, Bad Boys. Classic movie. I cannot find any of those posters now. I, the only movie Tupac was ever good in, Above the Rim. I swear. Well, yeah, well no, Juice. I'd say Juice. Yeah, he, oh yeah, I'm sorry. I forgot. You I forgot. You yeah, he you're right. He probably deserved right. an Oscar nomination for Juice. I don't know if anybody else could pull that pull that part off. Juice was his. Well, movie. you had Samuel Jackson. You had a great cast in that movie. Yeah, great yeah. director. Of course. Young old Samuel Jackson, the snappy nappy dugout. Snappy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's like that's like the Morgan Freeman that I'm talking about. You go back to Damn. to that. That's you're young, right. young, young Sam. You remember House Party Three? You better remember it like verbatim. I, I oh yeah, of course. <laughs> you remember Showboat? <laughs> the, the, the <laughs> I'm watching it. Vince Vince brought it up one one night, and, um, and I'm like, I couldn't remember. Like I've seen all of the, the house parties, right? But I couldn't remember like his character that much. I've seen it, seen it, seen it. And I'm like Showboat, and then he says it. I'm like, man, he did say that. No, so I'm watching it the other day, yesterday. And I'm laughing, like I'm laughing hysterically, because man, he right. he had he had some of the best lines in the movie. Like the the thing I like most <laughs> about it, you go back and you watch some old stuff, and you you see things in older movies that you didn't realize that were going on at the same time. You were you know you were watching it, and it just makes mm-hmm. it just makes everything more funnier. Now everything's more comical. You can laugh at the stupid stuff. And it's like this YouTube video about what happened in uh, Shrek. This guy, like they were talking about the mama bear, you know, the three little bears. And then, then it cuts to a certain scene where the mother right. bear is like the rug. And it's like Lord Ford. Yeah, like, I remember. Like, what the f-? Like, I did not notice that. Oh. Like, Shrek oh, yeah, I got it. Oh, man, that just, that sprung a thought in my mind. I have to tell you that um, it just makes me laugh because like in that movie, my scene, uh, and I wanted to get a tattoo of the gingerbread man because, <laughs> oh, you know where I'm going. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he gets his, his legs cut off, right? So I thought that would be hilarious if I had a tattoo of the gingerbread man from the from Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I mean, every time I see that, I can't not think about my situation. It's hilarious, you know. So I gotta do the voice. <laughs> I don't know if I can still do the voice. I gotta do the voice now. Oh, here it is. Do you know the Muffin Man? The Muffin Man. <laughs> <laughs> no, he goes. He goes. He goes. You're a monster. <laughs> like. <laughs> And he comes up to him and he comes up to him and he pours the milk on him. He's like, eat me. Oh, <laughs> gosh. Like, every, every. Not the gumdrop. I love that. <laughs> I love that. When, when I am, when, 
when I'm when I'm working out and I start struggling and I need to push myself, uh, I yell that out loud. I'd say that in that voice. You're a monster. You know, and it makes me it. I don't know why it riles me up, but it also makes me laugh. You know, so it takes my mind off of it. Hey, I, I, hey, listen, I'm, 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 I'm about as far away from normal of a person as I think you can get. So, it's, it just comes with the territory at this point. Well, I, you gotta know. I, that's funny. Hilarious. <laughs> it is absolutely hilarious. I want. I want people to know that about me and, and listen, um, if you, if you meet people, if you meet people that have disabilities or they have physical things you can see and it, and they're different, obviously. Yeah. I'm not saying that they're different to be, uh, uh, you know, throwing some, some, uh, derogatory term onto us. No, I mean like, yes, physically we are different. So that's a known thing. Like, and people like me, the sooner you can accept that you are different, the better you are. Right. Because now you can understand, like, I mean, think about this. Every time I go into a room, and it's not that I like attention on me all the time. Sometimes, man, I just want to go out to eat with, with my people, and I just want to chill, and, and I, I don't want to get noticed. You know what I mean? But at the same time, um, I'm, you know, there's a lot of times where I come into a room and it inspires people or it motivates people just by, man, um, yeah, I posted that video where I was getting on a plane and a lady gave me a random note and it wasn't from the lady that gave it to me. They wouldn't tell me who it was. And I mean, I'm not going to, you know, I didn't say on, on Facebook, you know, I didn't disclose the fact that it had money in it. Like there's a, there's a stack of money in there and on the front, you know, it was just saying, she said, um, I don't know your story, but the mere sight of you is inspiring and like never give up or she's put in quotations, freedom and never give up. And you got to understand I'm wearing a shirt at that day on the back that says freedom. And then I'm my wheelchair has a sticker that says never give up. And it's just, nice. it, it, you know, to be the kid from Chapel Hill, and you got that kind of, you got that kind of thing you can do. Like, you don't have to be famous. You don't have, like, you can do this, Corey. Like, like, you know what I mean? Anybody obtains this disability. It's just that usually um, it's brought out through tragedy and through, through craziness. You know what I mean? And so I know when I go into a room now, it's not that I always want to be on, but I have a responsibility because there's somebody there probably in that crowd and they're just something or, or, or they're, they're kid, you know, listen, man, I've had moms and this has happened a handful of times throughout the decade. I've had moms come up to me and hug me and start or, or, or hug me crying already or start crying. And because they had a son that was in the war that died or, or they have um, a, a son that passed away that was in a wheelchair or, you know, and they just see me being happy and joking with my friends or whoever I'm with or I'm by myself. They see, I put a big smile on my face usually when I'm out about town, you know, uh, and then I'm above your average person and I'm blessed. I'm not bragging. I mean, like, like I can go in the store and push my own cart. You know, I can like, I, I'm, 
very strong. I work out five days a week. You know, I'm blessed enough to do that, you know, to have my arms and to have my health and, and my state of mind. Like, right. um, and, and, and I know that I have this responsibility um, to show people like, Hey, it's cool, man. I, you see me, I'm dealing with my situation all the time, but Hey, look, we're going to, we're going to battle this out together. This thing called life, you know what I mean? And through it, you know, like DMX said, we're going to find the joy in some of the misery, you know? Exactly. Exactly. That's, man, that's, that's profound. I love it. I love it. I love it. Pray, man. It's been great conversation. Great conversation. It's been cool. Great conversation. Where can the people find you that um that need some motivation and possibly want to just maybe inbox you to I know we already talked before about possibly hooking up in the future uh, with my job and that's still in the back burner. Where can the people find you at? Yeah. So um uh like on, on Facebook you can look me up at Frank Fields, of course. Um and then on Instagram uh, uh, that's on my motivational channel. So it's, it's like, you know, when you go on YouTube and it's just all me doing, doing motivational things. And it's, it's nice because it's, you know, I've, uh, I used to have hundreds of, uh, deals on there, but I left a few on there just to, uh, not make it so crowded. So people can just come on there and they can click on, on something and, and watch a little video of me and be inspired real quick and go on about their day, you know, nice. cause it's called in- Instagram, right? So, um, I, you know, I don't expect people to, to spend all day looking at me, but, uh, yeah, I'm on Instagram at, uh, at Fizzletown. So that's F I Z Z L E T O W N zero. And, um, yeah, it's on my Facebook as well at Frank Fields, as I said earlier, but, um, now I'm, um, besides the online stuff, I'm a motivational speaker. So if anybody wants to reach out to me, you, I'm, you know, you can slide in my DMs as long as it's, as it's appropriate, um, and, uh, you know, or it's work related. Um, and, and then, you know, and, and then on that note, as a joke, uh, if you if you want to meet me romantically, uh, meet me in real life. You know, I, I still like doing that kind of stuff. Exactly. Anyway, but uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, you know where to find me. No, but yeah. Hilarious, man. Yeah, no, but uh, yeah, yeah. So I, uh, I, I, I'm a motivational speaker, and I'm also a certified life coach. So love it, love it. I, um, you know, I help people get their life back on order and organized, kind of. Um, and so I'm out there for all of those things, and I'm just out there if somebody wants to DM me and they just need a, a you know, I do questions for free. I, I give that stuff away for free all the time. If you got a question, hey, look, my day is going terrible. This just happened. What, what can I do? You know, I, you know, I don't, I, I'm not going to be some person that's like, oh, well, just sign up for my, what's the name or, you know, I don't care about that. I'll give my service to the world just like I did in the military. And, um, you know, that gets me paid on, on other accounts. So I don't worry about money. All love, all love. Frank. Always, man. It's always been a pleasure. We're going to do this again. We'll have to have you on the show. We do the movie review for sure. Oh yeah. I got it. I got to come through. <laughs> for sure, man. It's my partner, Frank Fields. It's your boy, CM. That's so dope. We out of here. Peace.